Prologue I, Island Downing, being the last of the noble order of goody-goody bowmen, too aged and bent now to lift my bow against the evil I swore to oppose, take up instead a feather pen, and record this epic tale. I do so with a trembling hand, but also with a fervent hope some traveller, lost and bewildered as I was once, might stumble upon it after I am long departed, and, unless he or she is completely witless, publish it, and live comfortably on his or her percentage of the profits. If this is the case, please see parchment scroll number 17,322 for the name of my designated beneficiary. Some fifty-odd years have passed since I first became a goody-goody and embarked upon the arduous road of self-denial and self-discovery. During all that time my body and mind were sharply honed and quick to respond. I was lithe and nimble, and, if I do say so myself, a very fashionable dresser. These days, however, I grow wearier with the approach of each new season, and a fog has settled on my eyes. I find myself waxing rhapsodically in empty rooms, or stumbling about as if in darkness, though now that I think about it, both could be due to my failing vision. I will pay more attention next time it happens, and light more candles to see if it makes a difference. Admittedly, my greatest failing has always been my vanity. Not wishing to suffer ridicule like one of those blathering old men who has returned to his infancy, I have parted company with civilization and moved to the caves where I first encountered the spirit of my predecessor. I, a spirit, I say, the master of all goody-goodies, who passed on to me his powerful bow, then possessed me when I was not looking. I can still recall the terror I felt as he settled in among my organs. My heart raced at a gallop and carried my breath away. My head began to spin, but I quickly realized he was there to teach me the ways of the goody-goody, as well as offer an occasional suggestion when I could not decide what to wear for the day or what to eat for lunch. Though it is over fifty years since he took up residence inside my body, which, I should note, made me feel very bloated at times, I think of him almost every day. I can still hear his deep, resonant voice coming from a point halfway between my ears. A goody-goody does not tremble in the face of the enemy. He does not shrink away. Lock your knees. Lock them. Not knock them. I was a slow learner then, and in those early days I would hit my head in frustration and cry, Help me, please! I'm troubled and confused! But people began to give me strange looks, so I stopped doing that. Imagine what would have happened if I had told them I was addressing a spirit within me, that of an ancient bowman who was encouraging me to fight evildoers, why I would have been gagged instantly and taken to the nearest asylum. Even now, after so many years of silence, I will often pause and call to him softly, O oh spirit, are you with me? 
and then I will wait, hoping the movement within me is not just nature calling. Ah, but there is never a reply. He is gone. And though he left me feeling most uncertain of my future, I have always been grateful to him for the knowledge and skills he imparted to me. Nor must I forget to mention the two inches he somehow added to my overall height. So I have spent my life as he would have had me spend it, traveling to the limits of civilization, fighting injustice wherever I have encountered it, and I have come to learn one thing. There are lots of nasty people out there. I have known many defeats. A goody-goody can only do so much. But I have also known many triumphs for which I was rewarded with much kindness and good fellowship. Money would have been nice too, but nothing substantial was ever offered. Except once, I should note. I was given property and a title by the king of Bandadon, Brian I, for helping to restore him to his throne. The house, I'm told, for I have never seen it, overlooks the sea near the town of Portlancia, the place of my birth. It is infested with insects whose diet consists solely of wood and costs me a fortune each year in upkeep and taxes. I would sell it, but then I would lose my title, and, being as vain as I am, I would no longer have anything to brag about to the other hermits in the area. Interesting. I mention the king of Bandadon, and joy immediately fills my heart. Also sadness, for he is gone now, along with so many of my other friends. Much of this story is about him, and his struggle to become king. Were it not for Brian, I might still be a simple scribe and mapmaker, working in the same shop as had my father and his father before him. Were it not for Brian, I might never have travelled beyond the end of my street, let alone to the farthest reaches of civilization. Were it not for Brian, I might never have known a woman's love, one so deep and fulfilling it has sustained me throughout years of hardship and deprivation. But uh, now that I think of it... Were it not for Brian, I might never have been chased by soldiers bent on cutting out my innards. I might never have experienced camping in mosquito-infested woods with only a rock for a pillow, or learned the ins and outs of foraging spores and roots to satisfy my gnawing hunger. Can you imagine it? Spores and roots! Were it not for Brian, I might never have risked drowning while fording a swollen river, nor risked plummeting to my death along a hazardous mountain trail. I might never have known the sheer terror of being strangled by a hairy, carnivorous creature, nor known the truly warming feeling of being cooked for dinner by an ogre with a hat fixation. Thank you, my lord, for allowing me the privilege of experiencing all those things I am certain I could not have lived without. Forgive me, that's been pent up inside me for many years. Yet strangely enough, by voicing my anger, I have just discovered something. It is true I could have lived very happily without any of those forementioned experiences. But then again, if I had not lived through each and every one, I might never have discovered the bow nor understood its worth. Oh, but I have gotten far ahead of myself, which is something I tend often to do these days. A small problem, but nothing to be concerned about. Now where was I? Hmm. Obviously this is another problem. Oh, 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 yes, yes, I remember now. I did not find the bow and encounter the master of all goody-goodies until much had already occurred to change the quiet life I pursued. 
a life that consisted mostly of copying books and legal documents for the nobility of Port Lancia, or charting maps for the sea captains whenever they lingered in town. It was an orderly life, made more so by the little lists I scribbled for myself. Lists have always been important to me. Looking back at those routine days in my shop, I can honestly say I had no idea of the drama unfolding around me. Had anyone suggested then I would take up a bow in the service of my king, I would have laughed myself silly and called the person daft. But how could I have known? The future is something always just around the corner and out of sight, like the ruffian who once beamed me on the head. To know what will become of us, let alone the next man, is not within our power. This brings to mind something Knapp, the rugmaker from down the street, once said upon waylaying me as he was wont to do whenever I made the mistake of passing his shop. He was forever expounding on the most absurd topics, but this one remark struck me as being, for him, quite profound. I remember he was untying a knot in some thread when suddenly he looked up and said, It occurs to me, Ireland. Each man's destiny is but a single skein, feeding an enormous loom. And on that loom must be a tapestry of grand design. I must admit at the time I was thinking more about the shoddy rug he had sold me than what he was saying, but it must have impressed me, or I would not have recalled it today. So I begin this story not at the time of my own entrance, as much as I know you are most intrigued about my days as a goody-goody. Nor shall I begin at my birth, for Destiny's grand design had started long before that. Instead, I will start it some years back on a typical day in Bandedon, on a typical day in the palace. Hmm, how interesting. I already feel younger. As a matter of fact, my voice is already starting to change. Oh.